Girlfriends, episode number 76, 10 Easy Ways to Add Movement to Your Days. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're sharing lots of feedback, momnipotent opportunities, and some easy ways to move more every day. I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Glad you're showing up for another episode this week. I'm happy to have you here. I'm happy to be connecting with you in this way again. It's been a long week. It's been kind of a crazy week for me. Um, I had... One kid go to the hospital. He's fine. He's okay. Um, it's just my uh, second son, Ambrose. Uh, he developed a lung infection. For those of you who don't know, he has cystic fibrosis, which is a chronic incurable illness that we've been dealing with his whole life. He's been very fortunate in that he's had very few problems like he experienced in this past week and had to be in the hospital for a little bit. But he's home and he's still on his antibiotics and we're managing that at home. And, you know, it's funny because when he was little and there were issues, it was a huge stressor on me because I took on a lot of the responsibility of his care. And through the years and as he's gotten older he's become more and more independent and you know starting at a pretty young age very responsible for his own treatments and his care and um, has done such a great job with that I'm so proud of him for that because I know it's a pain in the neck I mean he has stuff every single day that he has to do to keep himself healthy and to prevent illness and he does a great job of it in a way you know I probably would be complaining every single day (laughs) if I were being as good about it as he is but he's very good about it and this time at the hospital was the first time he went to the hospital and was 18. So it felt very weird to me to be bringing him there to check in. And the admissions lady was just like, uh, just called him into the room to go sign all the papers and like sign himself into the hospital, you know, and I just sat in the waiting room like, wow, wow, this is a very strange feeling. Um, But of course, he still needs his mom. And he's doing well at home, and you know we're we're very blessed that he he's doing as well as he is health wise. I don't take that for granted for a minute, but that added some craziness to last week, some crazy back and forth and that sort of thing. Um, there's a funny story. One of the days that he was there, I brought the four youngest kids. So, um, you know, Stephen's the oldest of the four youngest, so he's 15. Then uh, Gabby, who's 14, Rafe, who's 12, and Danny, who's 10. And we just went to go visit him for a couple of hours in the afternoon. And um, I don't know how much experience you have in, you know, visiting in hospital rooms, but this one was actually a little bit spacious. We've had some times where it's like, there's no room to move around. And honestly, I feel like And I felt like this probably my entire life, um, being a mom of several kids. I always feel like we're like a walking freak show when we go places because we, I have so just so many bodies, like the kids aren't misbehaving. And I certainly felt this much more acutely when the kids were little and they were kind of like, you know, hard to wrangle when we were going places and keeping them from running away and multiple of them and some you're carrying. You just, you just feel like, you know, even that times two or three, you just, you feel like everybody's looking at you. Well, I still had that feeling as we were walking into the hospital, the kids were walking, you know, 
right along with me, but I just felt like we were a lot of people. And you feel that way when you walk onto these hospital floors, like, wow, we are a lot of people and we're taking up a lot of space and we're just causing a scene just by showing up here. So that was what we did. We kind of caused that little bit of a scene coming in. um, And then we were in his room and, you know, I had brought, you know, a chessboard so they could play games with him. There was TV. It's not like they were without entertainment, but I started to feel like they were touching everything. Um, and it's so weird because I don't have toddlers and I remember the toddler phase of touching everything. Anyway, in all of this process of all kids, my son, Stephen, he, he is 15 and he's not a toddler and he doesn't need to touch everything. He apparently needed to touch this screen that was on the wall in the room. He apparently needed to pull the little lever on the top that says code on it. <laughs> I don't know what was going through his mind. He wanted to see what would happen, I guess. Well, we found out what would happen. Um, like a million people ran. I am not kidding. Ran into the room in an all-out panic. And they were still running. Like there were more people coming. And I was trying to explain to the nurse, I'm sorry. It's a mistake. My son pulled the thing and we're sorry. And, you know, it took what felt like forever. I'm sure it was only a few seconds. It felt like forever trying to explain to people, we're really sorry, really sorry. All, and then and people were still running from other places on the floor. So what I found out afterwards, um, after I recovered from the embarrassment and asked a few questions, was that um, apparently that's the code for cardiac arrest. And there's uh, a, apparently like two dozen different doctors on the floor and nursing staff who when that code goes out they're required to stop whatever they're doing and run to the place where the code comes from uh wow i mean i felt terrible like we're, we're we were pulling you know medical personnel away from uh important things they were doing and Oh my gosh. Anyway, a real good lesson for Stephen, who was not pleased with the attention he had gained for himself and the attention he gained from me afterwards. And for me, a good lesson in humility. It's been a little while. I mean, it's been a little while since I had that level of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, in public with something about my kid. And I survived. But it was a familiar feeling, like we've been through that before, especially when they were all little. And um, I really did. That was something that I recall really struggling with as a young mom with a bunch of little kids was just the amount of attention that it drew for me, even in positive way, even if people were saying, oh, the kids are so cute or, you know, all of that, like even if they were being very, um, you know, respectful and not trying to be negative about it. I didn't like all the attention. I'm not the kind of person who walks around trying to call attention to myself. So anyway, for those of you who are still in that parenting phase, I feel ya. It's not going to last forever. You're going to be okay. And in the meantime, I always found it was helpful to just remember to offer it up. Those kinds of things that pull us out of our comfort zone when it comes to parenting. And there are so many of those opportunities to step outside your comfort zone and embrace it that real growth happens there. Especially over the long term, real, real good spiritual growth in kind of letting go and um, detaching yourself from your own ways of doing things. Um, I'm not perfect at it, but I know I'm in a better place with regard to those things than I was early on in my marriage and family life. And it's 
little things like that that helped me to improve in those areas. So it's not all bad and you will get through this. Another funny thing that happened also um, with Stephen this week was, um, this is where he redeemed himself, when um, we came home from that particular visit, I had in mind I needed to bring him to urgent care, like, you know, after a day of back and forth, and, you know, the hospital's an hour and 40 minutes, so huge long drive, um, that... I, the last place I wanted to go was urgent care, but I, it was one of those nagging things like I'm a bad mom because I wasn't bringing Stephen there for getting a, a stitch removed from his foot. Okay. Last week, crazy freak weird thing happened to poor Stephen where he was kind of running around in the woods with uh, Danny and this is the sort of thing my kids do. Um, and surprisingly, he even had footwear on. He was wearing a, a good pair of sneakers and somehow managed to get a stick that went through the top of his sneaker. And this is a tough, like, Nike um, canvas sneaker. You know, those, like, skater sneakers or whatever. It's, like, thick canvas. Um, somehow, in his running stride, came down on the stick with enough force that it went through his sneaker and into his foot. Like, a, a big, fat branch on a tree. I mean, it was the craziest thing. And, you know, typical boy way he went into his room and decided to deal with this on his own without letting me know I mean it was like a good hour afterwards that he came to me and was like I've got he had taken a big chunk of it out but there was still some that was inside his foot and he was having trouble removing it and I was just like oh my gosh when I looked at this injury oh you know I'm actually pretty tough with regard to physical stuff I never minded doing dissection in biology class and whatever but this just made me feel like weak. I mean, it was not good. I won't describe it. But anyway, um, it, I knew he needed to um, get some <laughs> care for that. And so I brought him to urgent care that night. They removed it, you know, pretty simply by um, giving him some lidocaine so they could do it without causing him too much pain. And they put one stitch in just to allow it to heal and, you know, in the proper way and leave it open enough so that it could completely heal up and if there was anything still in there it could work its way out I know sorry this is gross for a Monday morning <laughs> anyway um so he had that one stitch and I had looked at his foot and it was healing great but you know like if you leave a stitch in like the skin will start to grow around it and whatever and I had told uh my husband Dan that I was going to bring him for that and Dan was like are you kidding just cut that thing your yourself like you can do that. And I didn't feel at all confident, especially because of the way the skin was around it. I was just like, I don't think so. I'm going to take him and have it done because I, I just, I didn't want to like cause another injury or infection or anything. And anyway, all of that said, I was like, you know, making sure the kids at home had dinner and whatever and planning to make a trek that I was dreading out to urgent care when Stephen came to me and was like, I cut the stitch out. <laughs> So he had heard his father say that, decided to do his own medical procedure, and we were all set. Thank goodness I uh, could avoid that trip to urgent care. So like I said, Stephen redeemed himself. Well, actually, he redeems himself every day. He's an awesome kid who um, has been a huge help around the house recently and in the yard. So I have to say positive things about Stephen. Anyway, so those were a couple of my adventures this week. I don't like the medical variety of adventures, but that seems to be what I've been getting recently. Um, but you know what? Thank God everybody's 
pretty much okay around here. I know there are people who deal with much worse situations than ours. So I'm absolutely not complaining about what what I had to deal with this past week. It just made for a crazier week than usual and juggling, juggling my work hours on top of that and switching over into summer routines after that recording I made a couple of weeks ago. Oh, how to have a super summer and have this great plan in place. Well, I'm still getting there. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Don't have the super plan in place for summer just yet, but we're close. We're, we're, we're going to work on that this week. Anyway, I hope your week is going as swimmingly. But this week, we have a different topic to talk about. We're going to be talking about adding movement to your everyday This is something I've been really interested in lately um, because, you know, research shows that even people who exercise, like, say, for 45 minutes to an hour every day, if they are sedentary for the rest of their day, that only gives them a little bit, like, 4% benefit over the rest of sedentary society, like... Sitting is the new smoking. We talked about this on the show before that this is something that's really part of our culture is sitting (laughs) and finding ways to be super efficient about saving ourselves movement. And it adds up to not a healthy body. We're not actually made to sit all day long on, um, and you'll, you'll feel better if you're moving, but how do you do that? You know, like it feels daunting sometimes when you think, oh, I have to fit in this hour workout plus I have to be doing more stuff. Well, you know what? You don't. If you just add movement to your days, at like sort of deliberately form kind of new habits in your regular routines every day, there are easy ways that you can get in the habit of moving more regularly, of sitting less, of being less sedentary, that will add up to really good health benefits for you. And you'll just feel good. I I know this because I've experienced it. Um, I used to be one of those exercise and then sit for the rest of the day people without ever, you know, I felt like I'm doing pretty good, you know, but when I started keeping track of my movement, it was it was kind of eye-opening just how much I was in the habit of sitting around. And, you know, if you're a mom with small kids, I remember this too, where I would feel like, oh my gosh, I am exhausted. I'm not going to try to add movement to my day or, you know, squeeze in a workout. I am working out like every day. And it's true. Being a mom, especially of little kids is physically exhausting. It is. And um, you're doing a lot of lugging kids and, you know, putting them in car seats and carrying them around and, um, and they're crawling on you. (laughs) And anyway, um, but I did realize at the time too, that there were a lot of times, especially when I was a nursing mom, a lot of days, my default was to just sit and hold the baby, sit and nurse the baby, which is, you know, especially in those first few weeks postpartum, do that. That is great for you. But if you're in the habit of doing that, you know, years on end, you know, one one baby after another, then maybe you need to look at some of your habits and look for some ways that you can add movement to your days because it makes a huge difference in how you feel and the amount of energy you have. I can attest to that personally from having experimented with this over the past couple of years. Adding movement all day long is a huge benefit to you psychologically, physically, you just feel better and you have more energy. And it's just, uh, there are times when I move in my day where, you know, I'll, I'll get up and make sure that I'm moving after having sat down for a while or working on something where I was in the same position for a long time. And it just feels so good. And that wasn't something that I was ever aware of previously, that, that kind of psychological benefit, like 
we're made for this. And I become very aware of that in those moments. Like my body wants to move. And the more you practice that habit, uh, it's hard in the beginning. But the more you practice that habit, the the better you become at it. And I think the easiest way to do it is just look for little ways. So that's what I want to share today. I came up with 10, so I'm going to move through them fairly quickly here. But just to give you the idea that you don't have to be doing, you know, crazy things in your life to fit in more movement, to just move more regularly in your day and move your body in different ways. So number one idea is take on a DIY project. Okay, so I've been painting. <laughs> this is what made me think about this. Uh, over the past couple of weekends and weeknights, um, my husband's working on opening an escape room business in the next few weeks here, opening next month. And we've been scrambling in our off hours and all of that spare time we have outside of regular work and baseball, which doesn't leave a ton of time to be painting um, and getting the place ready. And uh, it's totally a fun project and I'm, I'm excited to be helping Dan with it. It kind of reminds me of early on in our marriage when we were working together on building our house and it was so fun and there was a part of it that was stressful and exhausting and yet it was fun and I'm getting some of those feelings back now. It's been a while since I painted anything but one thing that I noticed um, when I was painting was I was moving my body, you know, painting these big walls and climbing ladders and whatnot um, in ways that I don't regularly do. I don't normally do those painting motions and uh, it felt good and it was it was it was good for me to have that um movement in there a couple of the days where you know it was so packed with all of that we were doing I didn't get my regular workouts in but I didn't feel guilty about that and um, not that it's like the same as doing some intense workout but having a variety of movement in your day is a great thing and so maybe think about taking on a DIY project or um, if you don't if that's not your thing if you don't want to paint something but um, yeah if you do like painting <laughs> I've got some jobs for you <laughs> but if you don't like it it doesn't have to be that it could be some other project a cleaning project um, moving furniture project don't hurt yourself though um, but just ways in which you can kind of do something new with your body that's also psychologically very satisfying to do a project like that so think about about some opportunities that you might have in your everyday life, in your home or in your work or whatever, to take on something like that. All right, the second one, of course, you know I'm going to talk about my treadmill desk. I've talked about this on the show before, how um, you don't need a fancy thing to put on your treadmill to have a treadmill desk. I've seen them. I researched them online because I was interested in having one, and they were like hundreds of dollars. It was ridiculous, and they looked real nice and everything, but um, you don't need that. Uh, Dan just took a board and a clamp and made a removable treadmill desk for me that easily I can take on and off and you know so I can run on the treadmill and don't you don't want the desk part on there for that or just walking and while I'm doing emails or researching stuff or um, you know whatever it is I'm doing for work there are certain basic projects I wouldn't do it I wouldn't try to walk and work if I was doing some intense writing or something that really required a, a lot of focus on my part. And it's funny, I've noticed um, that I'll use my, my 
treadmill and I'll walk when I'm doing like emails and whatever and I'll put it on like 2.2 which is a really it's a pretty slow walk um but I I think that that's pretty much works the best for me for that speed I don't want to be going faster than that and I will find like let's say I'm answering um an email that I'm I'm trying to be very careful how I'm wording it or it it matters a lot and I want to be sure I include all the details and um whatever and but when I, I notice that when my brain switches into the, like that deeper focus that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I, I need to get off this thing and sit down and write this, you know, <laughs> like I can't be multitasking at that point. But there are certain things, everyday things, filing things, um, approving invoices, that sort of thing that I do in my work that don't require that level of intensity and I can get them done while moving and it feels great to get those steps in. So um, look for a way to, even if you don't have a treadmill, and you don't want to make that investment, look for a way to take some task that you normally do sitting down and do it standing up. Huge difference. Just look for ways to change the, you know, the fact that you're sitting down, <laughs> basically. I mean, our culture is set up for sitting down everywhere that you go, uh, you know, whether it be like go to the dentist and then you're in the waiting room, um, you're supposed to sit there, right? Go to your kid's baseball game, the bleachers are there, you're supposed to sit during the game. I've noticed more and more that everything's set up like have a seat, sit down. It's like part of our culture. Everybody needs to be sitting every moment that they possibly can be sitting. But Choose to stand. You don't have to sit in the dentist's waiting room. You don't have to sit like we heard from Melissa last week at your kid's ball game. You can you can move your body. You can even just stand and that will make a difference in how you feel. All right. Third easy way to add movement to your day is to play with your kids. I was never the get down on the floor and play with your kids mom. And I know some moms feel guilty about that. I never felt guilty about that. I never felt like that was my job as a mom to be like engaged with my kids in that level of play. I mean, sure, sometimes, but not like I never felt guilty about not doing it enough. Like I hear some younger moms thinking and anyway, if that's you, uh, it's okay. Your kids don't necessarily need that from you, but it can be fun and it can be a change in your routine to do some sort of a game with the kids. Um, Last summer, we haven't gotten it set up yet, um, but last summer we had a wiffle ball field that we set up in our field and totally fun to just go out there and try to hit a few balls with the kids. First of all, they think it's so crazy that mom is like holding a bat or trying to run and um, that makes it so fun for them. But I mean, it doesn't have to be like that. I mean, you could just put on music and dance around with your kids and be goofy. Kids don't sit like we do. (laughs) Sometimes part of what we find so exhausting about them that they're not sitting, but you know, pay attention to how your kids are spending their time, what they're doing physically for play and see if you can do some of it with them alongside them. All right. The next tip for at, easy way to add movement to your day is to be inefficient and you know by this I mean like like I was talking about our culture is kind of set up for sitting and we have all these things in place in our culture and even in our own mindsets like save yourself movement as much as possible like one example um, is the one you always hear when people are trying to tell you like you know walk more in your day like park further away from the grocery store like you know, of course, that's very basic, but it does work. And it is a way that you can kind of challenge your thinking about being as efficient as possible with your movement all the time. Like, no, try to be inefficient with your movement. Try to park far away and get that walk in, do the unthinkable thing and don't take the closest parking space. Or um, another thing that I noticed about myself was I used to throughout the day, like, 
take items that go upstairs, you know, and just make a little pile of them near the stairs and then make one trip toward the end of the day of all the stuff that I needed to bring upstairs and, you know, return to bedrooms or whatever. Well, or, or here's one that I've been guilty of having a kid do everything for you. Like, can you bring this upstairs? Can you take this to your brother? Whatever. Like that's very efficient for your own movement, but maybe not in your own best interest long-term. So, you know, rather than that, maybe make the trip every time. I, I've done this, you know, if you have the time, uh, for sure, if you're pressed for time, then look for ways to be efficient. But if, if you're not, if you're just like home working throughout your day, be inefficient. Like, make the trip with the one thing uh, upstairs or, you know, down to the basement or whatever it is. What, you know, try to pay attention to the ways in which you are programmed, and I think we all are, it's just part of our culture, to be as efficient as possible with your movement. And then challenge that kind of thinking. Challenge yourself to be less efficient in your movements and get more in. Okay, next tip, keep track. This is huge. This is huge. And we all know it. That's why everybody's running around with Fitbits on, right? <laughs> I don't have a Fitbit and you don't have to have one to do this. You know, um, any smartphone, you can get an app on the iPhone. It's just built in. Somebody showed me. I was surprised because I was like, I haven't been tracking my steps. And they're like, yes, you have. <laughs> and uh, they like showed me on my phone that it keeps track of your steps. Um, anyway, it, you know, you can do it with your phone so simply and there are different apps you can use. Um, but I find that just keeping track of how much you're moving is a huge help in being aware of how much you're sitting because, you know, otherwise it's just your default and you don't challenge yourself. Some of the Fitbits are um, wired to kind of give you a little buzz or whatever. Um, some of those fitness trackers will do that if you're, you're sitting for a long period of time. And that takes me to my next one, not just keeping track, but setting a timer. If you're not using something that will automatically um, tell you to get up and move when you've been sitting for a long time, then set a timer. Set a timer to go off like every hour or so um, to just remind yourself to get up and stretch, walk around, you know, do a couple laps in your kitchen or whatever it is to kind of change your, your body movements, change what's going on with you physically. And I find that that's really helpful, especially if I'm going to sit down to a task that I feel like I could get lost in this task and be sitting for a really long period of time, whether it's like I'm, I'm going to be answering emails or I'm going to do some, you know, pretty deep research and reading online or whatever it is. If you feel like, oh, this is going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to be sitting for a while um, and I'm going to lose track of time. Uh, that's when we, we do, you know, that the most sedentary parts of our days are in those moments. So especially before I start a task like that, I will set a timer just to like nudge myself like, okay, interruption, get up and walk around, you know, and it can be as simple as that. You know, that's a great place to start. It's not all that taxing. Get up and walk around. Change what your body expects you to do. Change what you expect to do throughout your day. You expect more movement and your body will adjust to that. So set a timer. All right, number seven, walk after each meal. I find it's really helpful to attach habits that we want to form to habits that we already have. Um, you're already eating regularly. And this is a big one. I always encourage people who are like, I have no daily prayer life. I'm like, well, then pick something you're already doing and attach prayer to it. And mealtimes are a great one for that, but also a great one to attach movement to. Not that you have to walk around and have your lunch, but, um, you know, 
and make it a habit that after breakfast, you take a 10 minute walk after lunch, take a 10 minute walk after dinner, take a 10 minute walk. Guess what? By the end of your day, you've taken a 30 minute walk. That's great. Um, just as simple as that. And it, it can be really easy to establish that habit. And if you have family members that would like to go along with you, I think it's really kind of nice that you can establish that habit, involve other people, and you're building that healthy habit together as a family. I find that if I just naturally start doing things like that and inviting kids to join me, no pressure, you know, that it really becomes more of an entrenched kind of family routine. And you have the opportunity to do that. It might not be walking after mealtimes, but it might be walking at different times in your day. Figure out a way that you can make that a normal part of what you do every day. All right, number eight. This is what I call walk and talk. My kids call it walk and talk. <laughs> I always, um, you know, associate, this is one of those, you know, associating activities together. Um, talking on the phone, whether it's for work or a personal phone call, with walking. So I will use um, for work calls, for conference calls, I'll use my treadmill desk. Um, but if I'm going to talk to a friend, like let's say I'm going to call my sister and I know I'm going to be on the phone. Trust me, I'm going to be on the phone a long time if I call one of my sisters. Um, so if you know that's the case, like, you know, put in a, a set of headphones and walk while you're talking to this person, you know, um, I, I think that that's such a helpful thing because when you're, when you're talking, you don't, it doesn't require that level of concentration where you can't be walking at the same time. And I find it's such a no brainer way to fit in more movement. Like why wouldn't you be walking around during that time? Don't sit on the phone. I mean, I, and for me, it's become such a habit now that I, I feel weird if I'm sitting on the phone. And so get, you get yourself to that place. You know, my kids are like, they notice when I'm getting ready to take a work call or something, they're like, oh, walk and talk. Yeah, walk and talk. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it's an easy way to kind of establish a new habit and have, you know, that level of regularity of movement in your everyday. It's, it's a nice way to add that. All right, number nine is take 60 seconds. And this is fun. I mean, well, if you like a challenge, this is fun. Like, challenge yourself to take 60 seconds every day to do something like um, do a plank. If you don't know what that is, um, there, there are easy, you know, ways to Google that and, and see what, you know, a plank is like the position of a plank and doing 60 seconds of a plank can be very challenging um, or do squats for 60 seconds. You know, like if it, you can do this wherever you are, if you're in a workplace, then, you know, find a way that you can just do that. 60 seconds is a very short period of time, but, you know, challenge yourself and keep track of how many days in a row you can do it. Like maybe challenge yourself to do it for 30 days in a row and then assess how you feel afterwards, like assess how strong your body is and, um, you know, the, the ways in which it feels better to move throughout your day just by adding 60 seconds of some activity that you don't usually do. You could do 60 seconds of running in place or 60 seconds of jumping rope or 60 seconds of walking, you know, quickly around your office or whatever it is. Um, look for a way that you can kind of challenge yourself to do that every day. And that's, that's the part that I think is key is trying to do like 30 days in a row of doing, you know, 60 seconds of a plank every single day and, and see how you feel, see how it changes. Just that one minute of movement can make a big difference. All right. Last one. My tip is walk faster. We all have times in our days where we're walking anyway, um, or if you have a daily walk, challenge yourself to walk faster 
And um, this changes, I find, how you feel. I feel very different if I go on a leisurely stroll. And of course, that's good too, you know, um, than going, you know, at a, like a very slow kid or old person pace <laughs> walking through my neighborhood. Um, but I feel very different if I challenge myself to step it up a little bit, walk faster. I'm kind of a natural fast walker anyway. But if I try, if I consciously think about it and try to challenge myself to walk faster, it changes how you feel physically afterwards. You feel a little bit challenged. You feel a little bit invigorated. You've got more energy. Uh, I, I find it's really, it's just an easy way to kind of change things up a little bit and wake your body up in um, kind of a quick, easy way. All right, so that's it. I hope that those ideas give you the idea, you know, not just to incorporate some of those. Um, they may not all work for you, but think about ways that you can do similar things, like just some unconventional thinking about movement in your day, just being conscious about moving more in your everyday. It's going to really benefit your health and even more importantly, I think your well-being. You feel good. Your body is made to move. It's not made to sit. So look for ways that you can move around. And it doesn't have to be a goal of like, you know, getting in shape for a 10K or something, or it doesn't have to be a goal of losing weight or whatever. Just have the actual goal of just moving more every day and you're going to feel great. I promise you, it makes a huge difference in how you feel about yourself physically, about your body, and um, the amount of energy that you have every day. So I'll just run through them real quick. Take on a DIY project, use a treadmill desk or a standing desk, play games with your kids, be inefficient in your parking, in your cleaning up, in your work around the house or at the office, um, keep track of how much you're moving, set a timer, walk after each meal, do the walk and talk. Don't talk on the phone sitting down. Add 60 seconds of some challenge to your every day. And then finally, walk faster in those times that you are walking. So maybe you have some ideas and you want to send me some feedback. I would love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or leave me a voicemail at daniellebean.com. Easy little tab over to SpeakPipe that you can click and leave me a voicemail. I love to hear from you. I love to be able to add your voice to an episode of Girlfriends. It's so fun. We're girlfriends, right? We're talking back and forth. I love to have your voice as part of this conversation. So um, you can send me a message there or connect with me on Voxer in the show notes for every episode at daniellebean.com. You'll find a link to connect with me through the Voxer app, which is a fun, easy way, kind of walkie-talkie that we can connect with each other and you can leave me voice feedback. Hi, Danielle. This is quote unquote Marcy from a couple podcasts back. Um, I wrote to you about feeling touched out and struggling with physical contact with my husband after giving birth to our now nine month old son. I really wanted to leave you a voicemail expressing my appreciation for not only sharing my story on the podcast, but also for the lovely, encouraging things that you said. I also want to express my deepest gratitude to those who left uplifting feedback for me. It has been the biggest blessing to feel that I am not alone in this and to also be validated in what I am feeling. Um, I was practically in tears when David left his voice feedback for me. That was so sweet and so special to hear a male's perspective. Thank you, Danielle, for bringing us a sense of heartfelt community to the Girlfriends podcast and for being so kind and generous with your love and encouragement. I hope to meet you in person at some point. I listen to you literally every day. Thanks again. 
Thank you so much, Marcy. Now, for those of you who don't know, Marcy's not her real name. It's just a name that I assigned to her when she emailed because I I wasn't sure if she wanted me to use her real name and I wanted to be sure to protect her privacy when she was asking about a sensitive topic. But thrilled to hear from you and I'm glad you were touched by David's response. He's been such a great supporter of the Girlfriends Podcast and it's so nice sometimes to have a male perspective here. So I totally agree about that. And, you know, thank you for responding. I'm, I'm glad that the things that we shared and that others shared have been helpful to you and you know basically to know that you really you're not alone in this and that is really what is ultimately uh, the most gratifying thing I think about getting together as girlfriends and sharing the real life struggles that we have is just knowing that you're not alone in those struggles that you're not the only one who's experiencing whatever it is that you're going through right now so thank you again for that Marcy we loved hearing from you And speaking of David, he left us some more voice feedback this week. Let's take a listen. Hey, Danielle. David. um, (laughs) Hospitality. Man, you're so on the money with this. Uh, Very good and very timely topic. I think um, it's a real apostolic work that, again, you know, the world, the flesh, and the devil get in the way of. Uh, One thing that I would add, or two things, I guess. One. Um, when I think about entertaining people and giving them my presence um, and being attentive to them, you know, whether it's my wife, my family, or people that I'm having over, I really think of the Samaritan woman at the well and her response as she goes forth to evangelize everybody and tell them about her encounter with the Lord. Here's somebody who knew everything that I did, and I like to think she's thinking to herself, and yet you know, he still loves me and, and chose to spend the time in the middle of the day in contravention of all the uh, mores of the day in terms of speaking with the one uh, in public that you weren't married to. Um, so I, I think about that and and how much every person wants to uh, ultimately be known and loved and how we can in some small way be a part of showing them the love of God by welcoming them into our homes. In Polish, uh, we have a saying, gość w dom, bóg w dom. You know, a guest in the house is God in the house, and you're absolutely right in that respect. I think one thing more to add is that, you know, invariably, as you're getting ready for it, the, the, the feeling creeps in like, oh my gosh, we shouldn't have done this. Or, oh my gosh, you know, we don't have time for this. I can't believe we did this. I'm not going to do this again. You know, banish those thoughts and be sure that after the whole thing is done, that you reflect on the visit, that you reflect on the moments that you know quietly in prayer with the Lord, giving him thanks for all the ways in which he's working in their lives, right? They're evangelizing us as much as we're evangelizing them, uh, even if they don't know it. So seeing the wonderful things that are going on or the the ways in which they're walking with the Lord, is a good way of reinforcing after the fact all of the good work that opening your home to others uh, will do. And then topic suggestion. This is very uh, much on my heart. Not sure if you've ever read Father Walter uh, Chiswick's book, Uh, He Leadeth Me. Um, Father Walter is an American Jesuit who was um, imprisoned in Siberia for 23 years, and uh, God really taught him a lot. And his cause for canonization is progressing. Um, 
but I really don't know of a more modern classic that um, is accessible to everyone. Those very far along in their faith walk and those just starting uh, men, women, uh, you know, youth alike. He uh, just this wonderful sense of trust in providence that he sets forth so eloquently in small chapters. Um, if you've never heard of him or that work, uh, I, I would highly recommend it to all your readers. He uh, kept up some lively correspondence with many, uh, you know, many uh, men, women, religious housewives, you know, laborers, all kind of people. And um, I think he's a real treasure uh, for the church in these days. If you ever need any more information, um, maybe somebody who would be qualified to talk with him or some articles about him, uh, just let me know. I'll be glad to send them to you. Uh, as always, have a great day. Uh, thanks again for the show. I love it. Bye. Thank you, David, for those wonderful suggestions. I love the idea of using a book to kind of foster discussion, um, a book that readers could um, readers. Okay. I noticed that you called the listeners readers and I do it all the time because I'm in the magazine business and I'm, you know, I'm a writer. So I talk about readers, but um, yes, on the podcast, it's listeners. Um, but anyway, I, I really love the idea of us getting together as a community of girlfriends and maybe, I don't know, we could do like one show about it and then kind of launch an online discussion about it, that kind of thing. I'm going to give it some thought and I'm going to check out that book um, that you recommend. So, um, more to come on that. But in the meantime, yeah, whatever information you'd like to send me about the book um, or about Father Walter himself, I would love to have it. You've got my contact information, so send it along. Thanks as usual, David. We always love your contributions here. Hi, Danielle. This is your friend Mary down in North Carolina. I am calling to give you an idea that might help you get to those birthday gifts that you were looking for, which is the Stations of the Cross in your woods. One thing that I've noticed over uh, having a number of children and over the years is a great um, desire of people that want to help out and want to be generous. So um, they just need the opportunity. So what I'm getting at is that I have voiced my opinion that I would love to have the Stations of the Cross at, uh, at my farm here, at my, uh, the land that I have here in North Carolina. And wouldn't you know, but a friend from the parish, an older gentleman, came and made them and hung them up with him and his wife. God bless. I love that, Mary. Thank you for sending in that feedback about um, the Stations of the Cross. For those of you who didn't hear that particular episode a few weeks back, I was just sharing about how I was desiring the Stations of the Cross kind of set up in my woods, which I still don't have, but it's still a goal of mine. Um, we're working toward it, but in the meantime, I'm working on other outdoor prayer spaces. But great point, Mary, that sometimes you just need to voice the things that you want, um, not in a demanding, greedy kind of way, but sometimes give other people the opportunity to share their gifts with you. And it sounds like the older gentleman who came and blessed you in that way was happy to have that opportunity to provide you with that thing that he knew was going to make you happy. And that reminded me a little bit of the episode about big family finances with Sam Fatzinger, where she was sharing about 
asking for things. And sometimes she said her kids were embarrassed that she'd just be like, hey, anybody got a couch? You know, <laughs> you just never know if you have a particular need or if one of your kids has a particular need. It, you know, there's no harm in just asking if anybody happens to have one because, you know, we live in a society that is abundantly blessed and there are lots of people sitting around with stuff in storage in their houses and whatnot um, that they'd be happy to share with you. They just don't happen to know that you need that particular thing. So, um, good point. And I like the frugality of it. And I like the communal aspect of it, giving other people an opportunity to share their gifts with you. Like I said, not in a greedy, demanding way, but most people aren't naturally like that anyway. So just, you know, sharing the fact that you would like a certain thing is um, a nice way to connect with other people and give them an opportunity to bless you in return. So great point, Mary. Thank you so much for sharing that. All right. Well, I also got some um, email from listeners this week. Um, First of all, I just wanted to quickly share from listener Beth. She says, hi, Danielle. My name is Beth and I'm writing to you from Texas. I just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy listening to your podcast. I look forward to it every week and have listened to all of them, even some of them twice. You may be interested to learn that I am 16. I hope I'm not the only teenager listening. While your podcast is directed at mothers, I find that I'm able to apply a lot of the information you talk about in your podcast to my own life. I also look forward to using it when I have a family of my own this just made my day when I got this email from Beth like what a 16 year old is listening to me like tell my kids that (laughs) (laughs) but I think it's fantastic and I love having younger people listening and you know it's something that I've thought about especially you know when people are not necessarily you know the direct target market per se of this podcast like yeah for sure I'm talking to other moms like me who might share similar life circumstances But I love that people like Beth or like David still get something of value out of the podcast. And I love that they're willing to be a part of our community. I think it's fantastic. We have so much to learn from each other. So thank you so much, Beth. I am thrilled that you're listening. And I've even thought sometimes as I'm recording these episodes that perhaps if they could stand it, my own kids, especially my daughters, might in the future listen to these podcasts. And it's something that really kind of motivates me because I've thought about that with regard to my writing too, that um, they will come to a stage in their lives, maybe when they're married and have kids and that kind of thing, where um, they might be looking for that kind of support, that kind of encouragement. And I hope that some of the stuff I'm producing is helpful to younger generations. I think that is great. So thank you so much for sharing that with me, Beth. Okay, next up, um, I heard again from listener Kim, who was sharing last week about her struggles with talking to her kids about unanswered prayers. And um, Kim is in Australia, speaking of the variety of our listenership here. I love it. Um, And she just followed up to say, hi, Danielle, I just want to thank you for your reflection on my question in the podcast. It was wonderful. I realized that while I have been working on myself on different types of prayer, I haven't made that clear to my kids. So I will be careful about talking to them about having that relationship with God as well. I've recently started praying the liturgy of the hours and this was in today's short reading on isaiah 55 verses 8 through 9 my thoughts are not your thoughts my ways are not your ways it is the lord who speaks yes the heavens are as high above earth as my ways are above your ways my thoughts above your thoughts 
which tied in so beautifully with what you said. Thank you again. You are so amazing in how you bring Jesus to us all. Well, thank you. I really, really appreciate that, Kim. That's very kind of you to say and very encouraging of me. So um, thanks for your follow-up on the feedback. I'm always glad to know when, when people are, are happy with, you know, the responses that they've gotten here. And if other people have feedback for Kim, who was asking about talking to her kids about their prayer lives and how to handle that feeling when it feels like God is saying no, when your, pr- your prayers are going unanswered. Such a tough thing for any of us to accept. So beautiful thoughts. And thank you for sharing that short reading. I think that's fantastic that, you know, doesn't God work that way? I I often find that if I'm going through something in my life and all of a sudden I'll read or hear at mass a scripture passage that I've heard 10 million times in my life. Okay. I've heard it so many times and yet it will, because of whatever situation I'm going through, suddenly strike me anew in this new way that I've never heard. And it's such a beautiful thing about scripture. So I absolutely love that. And I love that you had that experience. So thank you again for um, writing in Kim. I really appreciate it. Okay, and one last email that I just want to share here that ties in great with this week's topic is from Erica, who says, Hi, Danielle, I just listened to your podcast on summer plans and loved it, mostly because it completely reflected how I've approached summer seasons since having school-aged children, and it completely validated me. Thank you. I wanted to write about your interval training question, as some of my friends from church and I have been doing HIT workouts to the rosary. Okay, for those of you who may not know, HIT, H-I-I-T, is high intensity interval training, which is what I was talking about, the Um, doing those various interval workouts where you work real hard for a set amount of time and then have these these breaks of rest built in and then just go again real hard Um, with various kinds of exercise it could be it could be running it could be lifting it could be you know cycling or whatever Um, so I love this Erica says um, I've been doing HIIT workouts to the rosary so my friend Genevieve writes the workout she plans each move to be reflective of the mystery we are praying on but also a tough workout Um, she added Genevieve on the email so she can give us more information. I, if you're listening, um, Erica or Genevieve, yeah, I would love more specifics. I think that's cool. I think people are going to be interested in learning more about what you do. Um, Erica says, when I'm working out, I oftentimes offer up my pain for specific prayer reasons. We always let the kids play around us, joining in when they can or overhearing the rosary playing or afterwards. Uh, we enjoy a park or splash play date. Sometimes one mom will go to adoration and the others will cover childcare. It's been so good for us physically and spiritually and for the community between us. Um, oh, she attached an example of one workout. I didn't even see that until now as I'm sharing this with you guys on the show. So I'm going to definitely check that out. And she says Genevieve has them printed out. Um, I think oftentimes as busy moms, this is still Erica's email here, we eat poorly and don't make time for exercise. I feel there is such a strong correlation between these two physical needs our bodies have and our spiritual and mental strength. Not only that, but as it is pointed out um, by Greg Popkak in The Theology of the Body Teachings, our bodies are gifts from God. He puts so much attention into our creation and the redemption of our bodies, and we believe he cares a great deal what we do with our bodies and how we treat them. They aren't just earthly vessels for our souls. When we recite the Nicene Creed and Apostles' Creed, we agree to believe we will be reunited with our glorified bodies like Christ. I just love that there is not anything in our lives that we can't connect to the faith and the church's teachings, even exercising and eating right from Erica. Thank you so much, Erica. 
I love what you guys are doing in your community there. It sounds wonderful. It sounds so wonderfully supportive of one another in your physical and your spiritual needs. What a great combination. So I look forward to hearing some more about that, some more information about these rosary hit workouts that I can possibly share with um, listeners online. So yeah, please do follow up or ask your friend Genevieve to follow up and give me whatever information she's willing to share with us. I think it's a great idea and a great opportunity. And for you, maybe it's not going to be hit workouts to the rosary. That might not be your thing. But I hope that Erica's example can inspire you to maybe work towards something similar in your own home, in your own community, in your own parish. We girlfriends need each other in real life, not just through podcasts or through Facebook or whatever. Those things are great. I'm a big fan of those ways of connecting. But you also need people in real life. You need girlfriends. You need women that you can get together with and support and encourage and affirm one another and just laugh and share the everyday challenges of everyday life. We absolutely need that. So if you don't have it in your life, this is your challenge to find ways to get more of that in your life. So that's it. A lot of feedback this week. Thank you, guys. You make my day every time you let me know that you're appreciating the podcast or send in a question or send in your thoughts about some of the topics we've covered here. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Click the Leave Voicemail tab on the right-hand side of the screen at daniellebean.com or connect with me through Vox or any of the social media. I am easy for you to find. I also want to be sure to thank Ascension Presents for partnering with me to produce this podcast. Don't forget to register at ascensionpresents.com forward slash mom lottery for your chance to be part of the momnipotent study that I shared about last week that I'm going to be leading online next month. You can enter for your opportunity to be a part of that program at ascensionpresents.com forward slash mom lottery. I hope that I'll be able to connect with you in that unique way. I also want to be sure to give a shout out and a thank you to Elizabeth, who is our newest girlfriend supporter on Patreon. For those who aren't familiar with it, Patreon is a simple system that allows you to pledge as little as a dollar per episode. It's a nice way for you to be able to concretely show your appreciation and really financially support the production of the Girlfriends podcast and encourage me to continue to do the show week after week. One benefit of being a Patreon supporter in any amount, as little as a dollar per episode, gets you this benefit is that you get an invitation to participate in our monthly video chats that I call Girlfriends Live. We had one last week on Tuesday. There were just three of us on the call and we had a blast. I loved it. I hope the other ladies did too. It was just a fun way for us to connect. We talked about sleep deprivation and toddlers. And I thought, you know, actually the sleep deprivation one, I thought was a good topic maybe for a future show um, because it's something we all deal with and especially young moms. And one of the people participating was a young mom, a new mom. So um, I thought that was a very important topic. But we can just talk about whatever's on your mind. And I love the opportunity to be able to connect in that way. It's nice when there's a small group but sometimes we've had more people on the line and it's just a ton of fun and an easy way for us to connect and enjoy each other's company and learn from one another so again um, the way to participate in girlfriends live is to become a supporter of the girlfriends podcast at patreon go to patreon.com forward slash girlfriends thank you so much for that support And that's all that we have time for today. But I just want to thank you for showing up, for coming and joining me and connecting in this way through Girlfriends. It means so much to me. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week.
Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.